Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. We have quite a show lined up for you folks. Uh, it is the Calder Heart Show. That's right. We really, I mean, what else is there to talk about? No, that's what it. What else is there to talk about? Uh, let's lead it off with intros. We'll get to all sorts of things. There's uh, special teams play and Nolan Patrick and a huge move that rocked the foundation of Philadelphia sports today. But let's start <laughs> with the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. Oh, no, wait, you're agreeing with my take, so that doesn't make any sense. Let's throw it over to <laughs> Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. I am absolutely 100% convinced, without a shadow of a doubt, that Carter Hart is winning the Calder, the Vesna, and the Hart Trophy this year. That's I respect that. You might be disappointed. <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. You refuse to watch shows that people say are good yep. because you'll just be disappointed in them. Yep. But you're going to go out and say he's going to be... He's well, also, be, I'm not interested in any of the things the that they say about the shows. Season, the greatest season in the history of goaltending. No, he's going, <laughs> he's going with, to, though. With less than probably 30 stars. I don't like he's that fine. you're attacking Stephanie's religion. You should respect Thank it. you. Like, freedom of religion, it. bitches. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I think we're going to get to the, the, the details of this in a few minutes, but I, I want to say this. It's really nice that Chuck Fletcher is doing the fans the service of basically saying with his actions, you know, those players you guys all were convinced were bad. I agree. They're actually bad. I, like, I understand why Ron Hextall felt the need to defend his players publicly, the ones that were at the bottom of the lineup and everyone hated. But, like, it was really annoying that he was constantly saying that guys like Dale Weiss and Yuri Letera were actually really useful. We just didn't understand what, the, what their value was. <laughs> I like the fact, like, like, Chuck isn't shitting on those players. He's just, by his actions, saying, like, yep, you guys are right. No, they weren't the, that good. The talking down aspect is like, oh, no, you're all just clearly inferior Fans. hockey minds if you do not <laughs> see the value of Yuri Lepera's <laughs> one goal. You do not, like, no, man, I'm, uh, listen, yes, you're Ron Hextall. You want a Conn Smythe trophy. You want to... Uh, Accidentally. You want a you're Vesna. smart, dude. Like, you know about <laughs> hockey, but if you're going to tell me, like, if you're going to pull it out and piss all over me and be like, nah, it's raining. Like, no, man, like, I'm not, no, I'm sorry, no. Although Bill and I had a conversation before you guys got here that Chuck was just going over some paperwork and looked down and saw that Yuri Lepera was still on the roster and was like, what? what? Huh? No. <laughs> this guy? He's still on the roster? Wave that guy. It's like the office space thing. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody, somebody, no, somebody in accounting today was yeah. probably like they're getting their checks cut. And they're like, wait. We're still paying your What? <laughs> we fixed the, the glitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess Kelly's just going to say same to mine. So uh, I can elaborate. Yeah, go ahead. Do, I was just going to say that, that. I, I've decided to lean into the fun. Yeah. This team's never going to lose again. We're all going to listen to Knock Knock every day of our lives. Mm -hmm. 
Everything's going to be fun and good. Carter Hart's going to win all of the trophies, according to Stephanie. And uh, yeah, I'm leaning into it. Yeah, I resisted it for a while there, but I'm. They're I'm doing this it. out of pure spite. As soon yeah. as I was finally like, you know what, screw it, lose for Hughes, they started winning. So this is clearly out of spite for me. So I'm going to lean into it. You know what? If you if you have to do this to if you have to disappoint me to uh, to get your jollies and start winning, uh, fine. You know what? Win all the goddamn games. I don't even care if it ends in a four game sweep at the hands of Tampa Bay. Yeah, get in and there. You know what? It'll be four games where Carter Hart uh, gets to see playoff shots from Kucherov and Stamkos. So that'll probably be good, right? Yeah. Give me a game eighty two shootout win to get into the playoffs again. <laughs> no, can we get not it. do that anymore? I understand. Hart makes a Boucher save. Yeah. Does a little dance in the, yeah. the crease again. Yeah, I understand that that's where we are like right now in the season that it's going to come down to the last game. But I'm just so sick of it. I don't I even think so... it does. I think they get in with room because of <laughs> yeah. I think so too. I think they get this in with is turned, guys. They get in with room to spare. We like the team Charlie, again, Chuck. Let us lean they into the fun. They have the new Patrick Waugh, goddammit. <laughs> uh, but before we get to Carter Hart, we do have to lead off, uh, as Charlie alluded to, with what is, I mean, I don't think there's any way to dispute it. The biggest story in all of Philadelphia sports today, Yuri Laterra, bye, bitch. As Kelly put in the outline. Uh, Hasn't played since January 19th against Montreal. Three points. That's one goal and two assists in 27 games this season. I honestly can't believe it was only 27. Because it feels feels like like a lot. It feels like 40. I'm I'm even going to say that 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 profanity, that was was appropriate. Because (laughs) you're just just pretending you're Jesse Pinkman. (laughs) And that's that's a perfect reference considering Yuri Laterra's extracurricular activities. Uh, I've seen that show. Including (laughs) including the postseason, Yuri Laterra played 95 games in Philly and registered 13 points. And honestly, I would have taken the under. If you would have asked me before I looked this up, like, how many points did he have here? I'd have been like, oh, four. Well, he had that one goal where he closed his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but also size. That was fun. He He had size, so. He should have closed his eyes All-star along the boards. (laughs) I just, like, uh, what? What, Did it literally just be, okay, that's enough of this. Uh, What what took so long to come to this realization that Yuri Laterra is no good? I guess I really think what it boils down to is there are a lot of players that there are a lot of players that are hurt right now that are going to need rehab stints in the next couple weeks. Like there's Sam Moran, there's Corbin Knight, there's Brian Elliott. All those guys are probably going to need to go down to the AHL to get some playing time. And the only way to get them in a rehab stint is to activate them like activate them onto the roster and then send them down for the rehab stint. And you realize Harry was just taking up one of the spots that they're going to have to use to give those guys some rehab stints. So I think really what this just boiled down to was there finally was a reason to to wave him aside from just he's bad. And once they got the a reason to wave him, it's like, okay, now we're waving you like, for this reason. They sent they sent Dale home, right? Has Yuri been in the press box as a scratch? Has he been yes. around? Yes. Well, I mean okay. it's it, it'll be interesting to see if he shows up tomorrow. Because I mean there's no way he's getting claimed. Um but, <laughs> hey, but you it, never know. it would be interesting to Maybe see if, if he shows up as a scratch. I actually spot. on the way here, I was thinking like what what would we do if he did get claimed? It would be the like, best. Like, Have what? like the a freaking good long best. I would, I would go live on Facebook, <laughs> and just like start drinking and doing lines. And <laughs> well, I mean, there's no other way to yeah, celebrate your Latera. I like what if what if somebody did what? I, I mean, imagine. it's it's too big of a cap hit, and he's he's you know, not good. Yeah, he's what would he do? Like he's wor- he's worse than Dale Weiss. Significantly worse than Dale Weiss. And and Dale Weiss did twice the money. Yeah. Um. 
to Charlie's point that he made in intros that uh, Fletcher is kind of uh, – at least, if nothing else, this is a recognition of you guys aren't crazy. He actually is worth waving. Like that's how. Like you're <laughs> that, not, and, that, not and, that, and that's nice. No, it really that's is. nice to have because I've been looking at this thing this whole time. Like, do I know nothing? Like, am well, I so well, 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 like, <laughs> like am I so off base to think that this guy isn't an NHL caliber player? That he's sitting here making close to five million bucks and he's playing every night and like. Uh, like, how wrong could I possibly be to think, no, actually, he stinks, but uh, but it is nice. But to that point, I, I have this feeling that, that Fletcher and Holmgren and Dave Scott are kind of uh, going to do some things to placate a fan base that is uh, apathetic. And these things are within reason. Like w- like you said, waving Weiss, waving Laterra, going out and getting a Joel Quenville, perhaps. They're all good hockey moves as well as things that would make a fan base happy. Is there any chance we see Andrew McDonald get bought out? Like, just because, one, he's not good, and two, uh, that would excite some people. At least go, okay, they really are clearing up the space and doing the things that make sense. Is there any danger that these new guys also think that Andrew McDonald is actually good in the same way the old guys did? So Paul Holmgren obviously did. He's the one that signed yeah. in the first the place. The right. yeah. As for yeah. Fletcher, you know, Fletcher, I, Fletcher is, he's not. He, I'm not going to say he's like, Kyle Dubas, but he yeah. definitely is open to analytics, and analytics obviously do not think Andrew McDonald is very good. At the very least, Andrew McDonald is not worth $5 million. In all honesty, the, the best thing to do with McDonald is not to buy him out. If you decide he's not part of your seven-man rotation for next year, the best thing to do is just send him down to the minors for the year so you don't have to, like, because whatever. Okay. Like, that's probably this, but that's, I've but, always... but, but Fletcher's, Fletcher's MO has basically been that if I don't think you're part of my team moving forward, I'm going to buy you out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just cut ties, either trade you or, or buy you out, cut ties with you, and let you find somewhere else you might fit better. Whether he's going to think that of Andrew McDonald, I don't know. But it is true that they're going to need some space because Phil Myers, we keep talking about him. He's probably going to be in the mix next year. I think he'll be up at some point this year. And I really do believe they have and they have intentions of going out and getting another good defenseman, whether it's via trade or free agency. I think there's there's a there's a thought that we need another vet in this top four. And Andrew McDonald is not a top four defenseman. He's just not. Okay. So you're saying we're getting Jake Gardner. Well, I think he was thinking Eric Carlson. I'm thinking Eric no, I, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I like, to, I like to aim for the middle. Bill likes to shoot for the stars. If I had to guess, I think they might they might go via trade. Okay. Just because, or, I mean, I, I said Anton Strawman. It depends on whether they think he still has gas left in the tank. He's a good fit stylistically. stylistically if you still think he's close to Anton Strawman, what he was two years ago. But you also, they also could trade for somebody. I mean, they got... So many goddamn prospects. If they trade Wayne Simmons, they're going to have another first-round pick. Like You'll have the assets to go out and trade for a defenseman. Plus, they're going to get, I've decided, they're going to get Cal McCarr for Wayne Simmons. Sure. Yeah. What, the, the, the Colorado guy? Yeah. You, you guys really need to lower your expectations. <laughs> never. I will never He's do like that. He's one of the best defenseman prospects in hockey. They're yeah. not going to give him up for a rental. Yeah, they're going to resign him. Yeah, they might sign there. Okay. No, okay, I, but he's still getting traded as a, I, as a rental. I only bring up I only bring up uh, Andrew McDonald because I've always just been under the assumption he's going to play out this contract or the sun's going to burn out. Whatever happens first, <laughs> could but be a, either. But as I see, like, oh yeah, Weiss gets sent home and Lotera's put on waivers. I think 
Maybe there's a chance. I think it's possible. Yeah, it it think, is absolutely possible because Fletcher is different from Hexall yeah. in the sense that Fletcher is not going to just ride out a term just because it's there and yeah. because he'd rather just basically do nothing and twiddle his thumbs. Like, Fletcher will actually cut ties with guys. So there's hope. Granted, I just don't know what he thinks of McDonald. And in Andrew McDonald's defense, Really, he, played all right he has not day. been that bad recently. Didn't you tweet something about his His numbers have numbers? been okay. Yeah. And, and like, the one thing I've always wondered about Andrew, and I am, everyone who listens to this podcast should know I am like, I am not an Andrew McDonald fan. But what I've always wondered about. There are about, none. I've, what, <laughs> I, I've been ripping him for six years. Um, the one thing I've always wondered with McDonald is, I've always wondered if maybe if he was just used as a 14-minute-a-night third-pair defenseman getting sheltered minutes, maybe he would be okay. And the problem is that no one has ever used him like that. They've always used him as a first-pair or second-pair defenseman. Like, maybe if he's just the six, maybe he's fine. Maybe. I don't know, but maybe he is, and maybe he's just never been used like that ever. I think we've kind of always said he's probably a fine six. He's just getting paid like a two. And he's getting... I wouldn't and care. Used. Like, I, that's the thing. If he was just getting paid like a two, it would be annoying, but he's getting used like a well, two. Well, yeah, I don't care about the pay. I feel like that sometimes coaches feel pressured Agreed. to pay guys that are making... Or play guys that are making a lot of money more than they ought to. I mean, yes, but this is a whole new... It's a whole new regime. Yeah, I'm not and saying he's guys saying like historically now. across the contract. I would say he's playing a yeah. little bit less lately. Oh, he definitely is. He, I think yeah. He's getting the, the least. He's down amount. to like mm-hmm. sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, like sixteen, seventeen minutes. Yeah, he's he's getting. I think the least amount of ice time he's gotten since like his second year, first year with the Flyers. Oh, he's, I actually, I was just asking, um, Craig, what his ice time looked like. We've got sixteen, eighteen, fifteen, fifty-eight in the last two games. 17, 28, and then two games over 20 minutes. Thank you, Gordy. So Carter Hart. <laughs> He's good. Just uh, I'm into the it. The ray of sunshine in Philadelphia sports, in Philadelphia hockey land, that is Carter just Hart. Just the ray of sunshine just, in my life. I just, uh, it's, that uh, we, uh, at our event on Saturday, we talked about how we've, the idea that we've seen this before. This is a, a streaky team, and they make their second half run and get into the first round and get eliminated in the first round. And I will obviously concede that, yes, we have seen teams in orange and black sweaters have similar trajectories before. However, mm-hmm. we've never seen it with... Carter Hart in between the pipes, as well as some other things. All of a sudden, Wayne Simmons looks like he can keep up again, and um, you know Travis Sanheim's getting used like a top four defenseman, and he's playing with Ivan Provorov, and they're doing well. Like we've never seen maybe this iteration the most complete team. It's not a complete team yet, I wouldn't say, but one of the more complete rosters to do this. Oh, second half run. Let's see if we can get in, even if it's as a low seed thing. So. If I'm remembering correctly, back to the last playoff series that we had, I think Charlie, you said something about how, like, if the goal, if if a goalie could steal a game or two for the Flyers, they might have a chance. Yeah, yeah, to be, beat the Penguins. Yeah, I made the argument that, like, <clears throat> the, the Halak argument, basically the argument that yeah. you know he had four great games and then he got pulled in a couple, but he had those four great games and that was all that it took because they literally could not could not beat him. Right, and in the Washington series, we have pretty much never had a goaltender. That could steal you games, and now we have one. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, if if Mace is healthy against the Rangers, maybe that's a different story because he was having a great year and he played really well in those playoffs. That's true, Mason. Um, But he missed the first two games. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, those, if he steals one of them, maybe, you know, that's a different story. I mean, they've had guys who can see, who, I feel like any goalie can well, theoretically steal a game. I mean, Michael Neuvert stole a game in the uh, in the Washington series. He did, yeah. They so, like, like any goalie can steal a game. I it, mean, that you could expect, it, to and that's fair. Steal a game. Like it becomes, you don't it becomes a reliable part of your roster. Yeah. Like, okay, yes, we have some disadvantages here. We have an inexperienced blue line. We don't maybe have the best bottom six, but you know what we do have. This goalie who uh, doesn't get scored on a lot, oh. sub two and a half goals against average. That's a team stat, but I think it just speaks to you know the team that was giving up more goals than anyone ever, basically. <laughs> uh, like it's good, uh, nine twenty five save percentage at this point. Uh, very a uh, well above pa- a well above average goal saves above average. Uh, what what's the ceiling with with Carter Hart and this team on this run? Calder winner? <laughs> Besna winner? I'm Heart winner. Technically the ceiling, I would say. You know, that's... And obviously, if he wins and, those And winning things, the Stanley Cup. I would say, if sure. he wins those th- three things, you might as well go for the full sweep, Con Smythe. Oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, of sure, course. Sure. I mean... Charlie? That's a ceiling, right? I think Charlie quit the show a couple minutes ago. <laughs> the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan would say. <laughs> so, the roof is on fire. <laughs> so the point I'll make here... And, and, like... I'm really, really excited about Carter Hart, and obviously, like his ceiling as a player is a franchise goalie. That's mm-hmm. always been his ceiling as a player. That's the reason why, you know, when we've done our our top twenty prospects list of the Athletic, like he's been the top prospect for the last two, three iterations because they have other good prospects, but there's only one guy who has literally franchise altering potential that Carter Hart has, and we're seeing why he's playing great. Suck it, Pronman. To uh... <laughs> fucking yeah, <laughs> but. It's shit. not like the skaters are yeah. playing incredibly well right no. now. Like, they're consistently getting outshot. Over the last three or four games, I think there's really only been one game where that where at five-on-five five they've gotten outchanced. I'm blanking on which one it was, but like they've done a better job recently of losing the, the raw volume battle but actually doing okay on the chance battle. But they're still not playing that well it's basically just Carter Hart who is playing out of his mind well and he's still 20 like can you really expect he's going to keep doing this for the next two months like I mean it'd be cool but I don't think it's something that you can count on like the skaters have to start playing a little bit better beyond the Couturier line which has been great but beyond that line the skaters have to play better for them to for them to for them to continue this, I don't think they can legitimately expect the Carter Hart is going to keep doing this until the beginning of April. The skaters have to pick him up, and they have to get they have to they have to play better if they want to actually turn this 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 eight game run into a twenty five game run. I'm not saying they're going to win all twenty five games, but you know what I mean. Yeah. With with twenty nine games left, we talked about this a little on Ice Sport last night, Kelly. You were not with it. I listened to it, so it's I want to throw it to you first, oh. and I put it out on our Twitter as well to get people's responses. Maybe we'll get to some of them. With twenty nine games left, what? How many starts slash wins? Because we know that win number is important to voters, uh, and if you know you need to win games to get in the playoffs, and I think his only shot is actually getting this team into the playoffs. How many starts and wins in these final 29 will it take for him to actually win the Calder Trophy? Because I think he's getting nominated. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. He's definitely going to be. Unless he totally falls apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless Unless things go really poorly for him, which I don't expect him to. But in these last 29 starts and wins, what do you think? 
Well, how many wins is he at now? He's at 10. He's 10-5-1, I think. Well, one would hope that Gordy is not going to run him into the ground. So I'm hoping that of these 29 games, he maybe only sees a little over half of them. Oh, I think he's going to see more than half. Yeah, I think yeah. he's going to see more a than lot half. more than half. A Especially than if half. they're, like, trying to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting him to see over, to see, like, 20. If not, if yeah, they have more. a couple of back-to-backs, I think, but I'm exp- in 29, I'm thinking 18, 19, I think, 20, someone there. I think yeah. in the article from Broad Street Hockey today, it said about 23. Okay. Well, okay, let's see. So real, wow. they're, they're, the Flyers are 24 wins right now. Realistically, how many? Because the only way he's winning the Calder is if the, if the, if the Flyers if they have make to make the playoffs. The playoffs. So yeah. they have to make the playoffs. So, 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 what, so last year, the, the team with the lowest amount of wins to make the playoffs in the East was? The Flyers hey, at forty-two huh. wins. We did it. So to Lose get to points. so to get to forty-two <laughs> wins this year, the Flyers would have to win another eighteen. That's doable. And and twenty-nine. What's it like? Hart maybe wins fourteen of them, fifteen of them, and that gets him to twenty-five wins. Yeah, there's that might so do many it. variables here, though. Well, yeah, but the team is still garbage. But Carter Hart is not. Yeah, that's the that's thing. Like long. The, I know. No, it's Carter Hart. Like, but the like, team is if, still... if he's still playing well, but not getting goal support from the team in front of him, and so they're losing games, you know, he's, then he's not winning the call. Two to I mean, one, it, it, one does, to it doesn't make you feel bad about Hart, but no, then but their yeah, game's not, not going to win. That's no, what I, I mean. Like, needs, we talked about this. You said you listened to it. I mm-hmm. think for all those who didn't listen to Ice Sport, I think I, I mean, they talked about it on Flyperbole too. Number, yeah, a number of things need to happen. Yeah. Like there needs to be the narrative that Philadelphia, the goalie That's star the, yeah. franchise, he drugged this team that was in thirty first place at one point, all the way into the playoffs he's the guy like I think that has to be amplified for him to get consideration because yeah. Elias 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 how Elias? do you actually say Pedersen's name it's not Elias it's not Elias no. I th- Elias uh, um sure whatever yeah I, just I reject him. that yeah. Pedersen you, that you, you guys had the benefit of listening to the broadcast so I'm guessing <laughs> yeah, JJ yeah, yeah. got it right I was watching the Charlie has never watched an away game in his life he, he never knows they one. said it right I just can't pronounce it even though I've heard well, it right. I, I don't watch Vancouver away <laughs> games <laughs> uh, I've, I actually made a point to write in some Vancouver games on my calendar this month because I do find them fun but Anyway, Pedersen, he does have good numbers, and that team is uh, on the cusp of the playoffs. They could make it out west. Because, right now they're in the second wild card Yeah, they're in spot. the second wild card. That wild card race in the west is a joke. Every team has a negative goal differential except for uh, Colorado, who fell to even after losing 6-3 to three last night. Yeah, the, the, west um, is, the west is basically five good teams. Winnipeg, Nashville, Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas, and then everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else sucks. Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty much a joke out there. So they could very well get in, and if he continues scoring at the pace he is and they get in, it's his. Uh, so I just wanted to know because I put it out to some I put it out on Twitter and hey man, it's fun when your players win awards. Like, oh Carter Hart, we have the rookie of the year. Like yeah, it's the, it's cool. The thing is though, like I, I feel like there's not winning games is the only thing that he can control, and I don't think that's enough for him to get the Calder. Like, a whole bunch of other things completely outside of the control of the Flyers organization have to fall in exactly the right way in order for him to beat Pedersen. At the I mean, a, lot, yeah. a lot of things would have to go right. Like, yeah. Pedersen is going to have to fall off. Um, Darlene can't get hot. Yeah. 
Carter Hart is going to have to stay hot and they're going to have to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like there's a lot of a lot of things that are going to have to go right. Now, there is just one little asterisk while I am completely convinced that he's going to win all of these awards. Like the little asterisk of of warning and caution. This could just be an above average goalie on a hot streak. Like hot streaks happen. Like he could come back down to earth. Ew. We don't. We just don't have enough oh. information about him at the NHL level. So, so if this should happen, if and again, I don't think it's going to because he's Jesus. But let's all not lose our minds because he's still like this is this is what he can do, and the team is still good. No, the fact and he's that twenty, yeah, and yeah. he's twenty. This isn't his ceiling. No, yeah, the fact that he is he's even going to keep getting even better. if he's just an above average starter. Because my next question was, is this sustainable? But even if he is just a say, he finishes the season with a nine fifteen and a, and a two six five goals against something like that. Like even if that is how he finishes, it's this still year, better than the rest that's of the freaking the amazing as a twenty year old. So it's it's really encouraging either way. But does any like do you believe this level of play to be sustainable? Is he a nine twenty Five goaltender at twenty years old. We don't have enough data to say whether it is or isn't. Bullies he he are could do. be. He could be. Like I remember. To I be. actually remember having this uh, this debate, hilariously enough, on Broad Street Hockey when Bob got his start, and I was mm. I was debating with uh, with Jeff Detweiler at, oh. in the flyby about this because he Jeff basically went on this thing where it's like, well, because it was right when Bob was doing really well in his rookie year, mm-hmm. the, in like the first half of his rookie year when he had a crazy high save percentage, and Jeff was writing a couple articles like, this isn't really as good as he is. He's going to regress. He's obviously going to regress. And I, my argument was like, look, he might, but all we have is this data set of him being really good. So isn't it possible that he's actually just really good? He didn't speak English and couldn't tell the coaches what's the uh what's the most number of starts you've ever had in a row oh bob (laughs) (laughs) he was gonna regress he got tired but that's a different no but 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 seriously Uh, like yeah yeah, yeah. with carter hart you know is he is it possible he's gonna regress sure he's 20 years old he might not be a star goalie yet or he might never be a star goalie we don't know but you shut your goddamn mouth it's certainly better that he's starting out this career very good than if he started out his career mediocre or bad because now it opens up different avenues as to what his potential could be it's it's equally as possible that he could regress or he's just getting started everything like either either one i I mean maybe not equally but it's listen it's at least more likely listen he's good or he's not equally as likely it well, is or it isn't. It's 50, yeah, it's like everything's 50%. <laughs> Everything in no, life is 50 yeah. No, but, but seriously, like if Carter Hart started out his career at uh, with a 900 save percentage, did that was, does that mean that he's destined to be a bust? Of course not. But it probably cuts down on the likelihood just a bit that he's going to be a superstar. Whereas he starts out his career with a 925 save percentage, does that mean he's destined to hold a 925 save percentage? No, but it means he's probably more likely to hold it than a guy who started out his career with a 900 save percentage. Uh. I just wanted to know this one last thing about Hart. Charlie, perhaps you can speak to it. Uh, Steph, I know you did the last sounds from the locker room, I believe. Was it the one where Nolan Patrick? No, I'm Pat- still working on okay. it. Okay, where Nolan Patrick called him a ham- superstar. Ha- oh, I, I thought oh, yeah, you were going to say cool. something he about he, ham sandwich. No, yeah, we're going to get to that. Old ham sandwich himself. Uh, uh, 
What is the mood in the locker room around Hart? Because it seems like morale is up with the new coach and the goalie here, but is there any sort of, maybe you've picked up on it, maybe you haven't at all, I'm just asking a question, like, oh, you're the franchise savior, huh? Because I remember, I think Brian Elliott was having a bad, or the team was having a bad game, and because of it, Brian Elliott was getting lit up. And at one point, it was early in the season, and fans were chanting for Carter Hart, and the locker room was pissed off about it because they're like, oh, it's not it's not Elliott's fault. And like, no, it's not always you just blame the goalie, but at you certain blame point, the goalie. Yeah, you, bl- you blame the goalie when nine goals go in or whatever the hell it was. Like, is there any sort of, ah, you're the franchise well, I, I don't. I don't really know what you're asking. You're asking if there's, like, jealousy? Because, no, not there's jealousy, absolutely just, no jealousy whatsoever. Like, uh, They're in love with okay, this guy. Yeah, they <laughs> love him. They love him. <laughs> everybody everybody is asked about him every, every scrum, and it's just like they're... I wouldn't say that they're in awe of him, but they are definitely like real, recognized, real. Like they get it. All right, cool. Yeah, like y- your question was like, so you think you're the franchise savior? Like, virtually, what they're saying is like, yo, so this is the franchise savior. This uh, is I awesome. Just, <laughs> we actually have a goalie. Thank God. Yeah, I just, I just, that's what. Like, I imagine to how thrilled Claude Giroux is. Like when he goes home at night, he's like. <laughs> fucking finals. <laughs> Someone else to carry this team. Like, it doesn't I, have to be me all the time. He's sitting there like, I didn't have three points and we won? This is so odd. <laughs> this is so odd. I, I, don't, I don't get it. No, and, and I think it does help. It helps that Carter Hart is like ridiculously humble. Like he's like the yeah. fur, he's the also furthest just like thing the from sweetest cocky. baby boy. Yeah. Oh, he's the furthest thing from cocky. That, God damn it! I wanted I, no like, Nolan Patrick. He, he's, out of him. They're asking him questions <laughs> in the ham locker room. Himself. He's sitting there in the locker room answering questions. I'm like, you already have the Crash Davis cliches down already. This is bullshit. He's, Give me something interesting, Carter. Um, we lost Facebook. Good. Suck That's it, a Facebook. shame. Uh, I guess you'll have to listen to the show. Now it's time for uh, it's time for Steph's favorite topic. Oh, ham sandwiches. Wayne Simmons. Oh, uh, the thing I just wanted to ask because it, uh, Friedman reported uh, the trade market for Wayne Simmons uh, is going to come around after the Duchesne, Panarin, and Stones uh, Stone decisions are made. We have the uh, Pierre LeBrun on insider training on uh, insider trading on TSN said that Simmons is definitely going to be traded and he's definitely not going to be resigned on July one. In your minds, does the current run, uh, place in the standings, whatever, change your thoughts on what they should do with Simmons? At all? Absolutely not. Not a chance. Nope. I mean, maybe in that they should absolutely in no way re-sign him because now we're looking at the future and I'm sorry, Wayne Simmons, you're not part of it. So I wrote an article about this today oh. um, on theathletic.com. Charlie's a writer. But no, I, I, wrote, I wrote this article, I published it this morning, and basically my point that I made is Almost certainly, no, it doesn't change my opinion. However, however, and this is important, I've always held, my opinion has always been that if the Flyers are poised to go on a playoff run, I have no problem with keeping Wayne Simmons because I want this team to take a step forward. And I, you know, I want, I want to go in with full potential going into the playoffs if I know you're going to get in the playoffs and I want to win a round or two. So, if the Flyers were to go, were to like turn this eight-game winning streak into a fifteen-game winning streak going into the deadline, yeah, you know what? I would say the players have earned the right to keep Wayne Simmons. Okay, and and, and I I would I would I want that kind of to be the mentality in the locker room is like you know what, Wayne, we love you, and we're going to do everything we can to basically make it so Chuck Fletcher can't trade you. That's what I want the mentality to be in the locker room. That was because. Um... Not that I think it's going to happen, but like if if you if you literally if you win what you go you go in you kick the crap out of Anaheim and LA, which they should do because yeah. both those teams are utter trash. Then you beat 
Pittsburgh and Minnesota, then you beat Detroit <laughs> twice. Now you've racked up six more wins. Now you're at 14. Then you hit a gauntlet of games. You get uh, it's Tampa, Montreal, and then you get Pittsburgh at the link. If you've won all those games, like no, I'm not trading Wade Simmons. Then okay. you're on a friggin' like you're yeah. on a 17 game winning 17, streak. That was, <laughs> because to me, I'm looking at his numbers and his numbers during this streak, and I'm thinking. You know what would change my mind about trading Wayne Simmons? Because I hate it, but I just think they have to. Um, what would change my mind about trading Wayne Simmons if he was one of the driving factors in this thing? Yeah. If he was on one of his eight, go- if he had eight goals in these eight games, I go, oh yeah, he's the, he's the, he's that guy again. Um, he's got three goals and two assists in the last ten games. They're nine one zero in those games. He scored twice versus Minnesota to start the eight game streak. Went scoreless in five straight, and then scored versus Edmonton. It's not. I mean, I think the third line is 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 holding its own. Yeah, it's been good with Patrick been okay. and Lawton and Simmons. I think Simmons visually looks better. To steal a phrase from Ron Hextall, um, <laughs> visually, yeah, I think better. he's visually better than he was at points last season or this season and of last season as well. But I can't say he's a driving force behind this. However, again, the leadership factor, the intangibles, the Paul Stasny effect, if you will. So here's the thing, though. Let's say, like Charlie proposes, they continue this ridiculous tear. They're heading towards the playoffs. That doesn't change the fact that re-signing Wayne Simmons makes no sense. No, I wouldn't wouldn't re-sign Wayne Simmons. Okay, fair. I would just keep him as a rental. But then you're not – then you're – you're not getting assets for him. And I understand what you're going with with the point there, but like in my mind, unless you legitimately believe that this team is going to go on a cup run, which I think even for us is a little bit foolish. Excuse me, Carter Hart is winning all of the awards this year. I respect your religion. I think that you should get assets for this guy because he's extremely valuable to a team who actually is making a push. And I would like to believe that the players aren't going to throw a hissy fit about it. Do you think that they would? Yes, but I, I think it would be a short-lived hissy fit. I think it would be a couple days. Maybe, maybe they're like it's kind of like going back to the St. Louis thing. Like I know St. But- Louis. St. Louis, the first game after the trade deadline, they basically tanked. They they just didn't show up. They were like this. This is bullshit. And then you know what happened after like two or three more games, they were back to playing like themselves. So this is the thing, though. Like I don't think that. I think with St. Louis, it was kind of like you took away a key piece to that team because you were basically saying, now we're not doing it this year. I don't think that Wayne Simmons is so integral to the success of the team this year that taking him away is saying, no, never mind, we're tanking the rest of the season. I think the guys in the room think think Well, here's the other thing with the difference between St. Louis and Philadelphia is that Everybody knows that Wayne Simmons is on the trading block. Like that's not a secret. Everybody knows. Nobody knew that Paul Stastny yeah, that's was going to get that's yeah. that did come out of Like nowhere. that came out of nowhere and completely blindsided the room. Like everybody in Philadelphia and the surrounding area and apparently now Canada and all of the United States know that Wayne Simmons is on the trading block and this is probably going to happen. Like also, the locker room, dudes, you need to be professionals. This is a business. Get the fuck over it. Yeah, it's not going to be the first or last time one of your buddies gets traded. And also if he goes to a contender, you get to be happy for him. We've heard many, many times and we've heard it this year with the firings of a GM and a coach. The oh. players, you know, hey, we know it's a business. Well... If you know that, it shouldn't be a big deal. I happen to think it might be. Hopefully, it's only for a game or two, as Charlie, you know, said was the case in St. Louis. Yeah, I, I just think if you're, and I'm, 
I'm expecting this team to come back to earth in like the next couple games. Like I, th- I think there's a decent chance they actually extend this to a 10 game winning streak because Anaheim and LA are just that shitty. Oh yeah, but, they're bad. But but I, I think this is going to come back to earth in the next week or so, Imagine. and they're going to and they're going to lose games. But I mean, if they just kept winning, there was if they just kept winning, there was a decent chance they're in a playoff spot by the trade deadline. The deadline. And at yeah. that and at that point, it's like welp. No, that's even though the deadline is looming and it feels like it's right around the corner because we've been talking about it since, you know, November because this team stunk most of the year. Um, they do have a couple of weeks to figure this thing out and get a better idea of who they are. Is Carter Hart just on a streak or all the things we were talking about like that? Yeah. How great was it that Jillian Fisher included the baby shark? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, So Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle was traded to Nashville for a 2019 second-round pick today. Um, Does it drive up the price for Wayne Simmons? Does it take out a potential suitor of Wayne Simmons? How do we think this affects the Simmer market? I mean, I think that... Like, Both? Yeah, we've been talking a lot about the fact that... And they that added Cody McLeod as well. That weird. was weird. They're going for that great fourth line, I guess. Well, they, had, they had to replace that Zach Ronaldo. He's out yeah, there. Right? Oh, no. His oh, shoulder, yes. Shoulder surgery. Oh, where, the, we, where will their jam come from? From Nobody Cody knows. McLeod. Cody McLeod, yeah. <laughs> and Wayne Simmons. Yeah, there you right. go. But I think we've been assuming all along that we would at least get a first for him. And if Brian Boyle is worth a second, then Wayne's worth more than just one first. Well, no. Brian Boyle you know, is a good locker room guy. I love Brian Boyle. Oh I am like a Brian Boyle fanboy. So I hated Brian Boyle for like a long I like time. Him, but he's not really that. But good. now no, I'm good. like fully on board with I Brian just, Boyle. I always said if I if I was if there was a fantasy draft and I were to be putting together my team, like my four C would be Brian Boyle. That's it. I'm not. I don't think he's anything more than that. However, I thought the same initially, Kelly, because you posed the question: Does this? up the market for Simmer. Looking at their numbers this year, Simmons 16 goals, Boyle 13. Simmons has five on the power play, Boyle has six. Simmer has 24 points, Boyle has 19. Simmer averages 16.27 time on ice, doesn't kill penalties. Boyle 13.49 averages about two minutes of PKTOI. So... They're kind of the same this they're year. Not, they're not, though. I know, but here's the thing. This like, year they are. They're, is... they're not because of the role they would play. Boyle yeah. is getting. They're trading for Brian Boyle to be the fourth-line center who's not going to get a lot of minutes. He's probably going to get less minutes in Nashville than he did in New Jersey. Whereas Wayne Simmons, you're not trading for Wayne Simmons to put him on the fourth line. He's going to be possibly in your top six, at least on your third line. He also, should be. That's You're trading for him to do something. What you're actually going to get out of him well, is fair. a different thing. Well, that's the thing. He's not... Pl- I, I feel like Wayne Simmons' reputation around the league is like two or three years ago, Wayne Simmons. It's not the guy that's playing course, right now. And that's another reason why it would be very stupid not to trade him because I feel like his, his actual value is much lower than his perceived value around the league. So you're going to get more for him than you probably ought to. So, yeah, but like, look, I'm not expecting them to get a pie in the sky return for Wayne Simmons. I'm expecting them to get a late first round pick, possibly with conditions, you know, possibly a, hey, if we lose in the first round, you're only getting a second. But if we win a round, you're getting the first. And then I'm expecting them to get like a Mark Friedman-esque prospect. It's a decent return. It's not like a mind-blowing return. And to be quite honest with you, yeah, I'd like that return, but it's not going to kill the Flyers if they don't get it. Like they have literally all of the prospects ever. (laughs) 
Yeah. They don't really need <laughs> more. It's one. nice to have one, but it's not going to kill them if they don't get anything That's back. Because I'm looking at the idea of a um, yes, a you know someone deemed a prospect, but a Kevin Fiala yeah, level. That, that would be the ideal. I just a don't guy think it's with happen. An, like an NHL type player who maybe doesn't factor in that highly on his current team. Uh, LeBron, I just don't know why. Like if you're. If you're in Nashville and you're trying to win the cup, why would you why would you subtract from your roster to add from your roster? You just want to add to your roster. That's the whole point of making a trade at the trade. I deadline. agree. Uh, LeBron this morning, Charlie says on the Athletic, Boston, Tampa Bay, uh, yeah, Boston, Tampa, Nashville, Winnipeg are the four teams leading the way for Simmons. That was prior prior to the Boyle announcement. Is Toronto? Do you think a suitor? Could no. be. I, I think. I like, mean, well, their cap situation. I but hockey wise, it makes like from what you normally would think. Yes, I think they'd be a suitor. However, Dubis is not one of the two hundred hockey men. I do not get the impression that the Toronto is interested, and I don't know why they would add to the for- like. I don't think I, adding a forward is yeah. should be a priority for them. I just don't. They're they're in, they're kind of in cap hell now, at least you know in terms of what they can add the rest of the year. So they probably have to ship something out to get him, and they already spent their first round pick on Jake Muzzin. So I just don't know like what. Yeah, it makes sense stylistically, I guess you know in terms of helping them for the playoffs. But no, I just I I don't get the read that, that Toronto's interested. Um, I I actually thought Nashville was the the most logical fit until they got Boyle, and now I guess it's still possible though Nashville could get Simmons because it was just a second round pick, and uh, uh, Boyle had an interesting quote after the trade that I I can't help but reading this and thinking he was he was speaking to Wayne Simmons, and it was it was David Poyle has said in his conversation with other GMs he's heard a lot of first and a pit, first pick and a prospect as a common price. If we get into a bigger deal, I guess we I, I guess we might have to do that, and we're willing to do that. So he's not shutting the door okay. on the possibility of going coming back around to Wayne Simmons, who I would not be shocked if that's exactly who he was talking about in that quote. So we're getting Eli Tolvanen, is what you're telling me. Not that good of a problem. I would back around. Uh, I would poop my pants if that cool. happened. <laughs> like just, that, that would just be the Smith Strap oh party God. revisited, folks. Yes. What if we got Morgan Frost and Tolvanen? They play together forever. I would poop uh, my oh pants. Oh my God, that, that would, would be it. It would be worth. I heard a, your it, was, pants. it was a funny story popped up in in our Slack chat today. Uh, Joe put this I, I didn't get a chance to respond because i was in the was locker room but, but, but i laughed and he was like there was a great 30 seconds after we did the uh the shen trade where i i'd heard the name yuri latera before and i turned to you charlie and i'm like is yuri latera good and you just looked at me and you said no <laughs> <laughs> and he was like those 30 seconds before i heard that no they were they were good 30 seconds and then it was like well you know what yuri latera sucks Maybe I should get excited about it. Boston as a uh, Boston as this will be it on Simmons. I promise, Steph. Uh, But we're just running out of time. No, uh, I've got more things to say about Carter Hart. Yeah, we're done with Carter Hart. Um, We can talk about Carter Hart for two hours. Boston Boston as a Wayne Simmons suitor always surprises me. They've always liked him. They just uh, have always liked him. They need some depth. They sure do. He's just he plays that. I just feel like of all the teams that think we need to go get Wayne Simmons for the wrong reasons, they're the ones. That don't actually need well, like, you know, the they thing only with, have one line. Yeah, that's that exactly. Like they have the Bergeron line, and the rest of their team isn't that good. He's not a top six player anymore. Well, okay, on that team, he might be. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't be effective. <laughs> though. And also, people still think that he is. I get it. I just like I don't. They're I don't, not right, right, but they'll find that out for themselves. These special they give us teams. Stuff. While we can credit Carter Hart with quite a bit, and I guess we can get into the penalty kill and say Carter Hart, we uh, you know has some influence there. A little bit. The special teams as a whole 
have improved immensely from their you know cellar-dwelling ways of the first half of the season. The power play is 7 for its last 10, which is, yeah, 70% in the <laughs> last three games. Uh, you know, goals against Boston, Edmonton, Vancouver. Uh, power play was 2 for 25 in the previous nine games, so that's good. Um, <laughs> they're sitting at 16.6% right now, which is 23rd, and that doesn't sound great. But at one point in this season, I was looking up on NHL.com what the all-time worst power plays were. Like when they were at 9.5% and the worst one on record was like 83 Oh, all right. Well, we can we're get in there. That. Like getting doubling what you were is pretty good. Uh, wh- what have we seen here with the power play? What's different? Why is it working? How? What do we? What do we think visually? How is it improved? Visually, it's better. Yeah, they score goals, and that's good. <laughs> is Sean Couturier in the second unit? Seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah, and it's surprising because I never there liked him. There was a him. question mark at the end of that. I never like, liked him. Two goals. Yeah. yeah. I never liked him as a power play player. I always, okay, it worked last year because all the other pieces were in place and we needed a lefty in that slot spot, and he was it, and it wasn't Philpolis, so that's fine. But as a power play player, it was never my thing. It seems to be working on power play, too. I mean, the second unit doing anything is exactly. wonderful. The second unit not being outscored is fine. Yeah. If they just break <laughs> even, they're fine. I think this is a combination of two things. Yeah. Um, for the second power play unit, I think, it's, I think it's a combination. It's, it's because, first off, Couturier has been good on that unit, and I respect the hell out of Couturier that he... Like, I actually asked him after the last game, after he scored the goal, it was, you know, how did you... Not take that as a demotion because players love to play on the top power yeah, play. You know obviously. that that's like that's your reward for playing really well in other situations. And how did you not take that as a demotion? He was just like, well, you know, it, all that matters is winning. And he's like, we really weren't scoring that much anyway. Yeah, I, so I, yeah, I got, you know got to try something. Normally, players like playing on the top unit, but when you're at under ten percent, you know, I'm not one of the guys getting booed, so I'll take there it. There we go. So the, the Couturier thing helped. The fact that a lot of the young guys on that second unit are, are just playing better. Period. Yeah. Like Limblom's playing better, Patrick's playing better, Konechny's even, you know, he's he's been showing more flashes recently than he had over the last, I'd say, month or so. So that's helping the second unit because those guys are playing with more confidence, so therefore they're going to be better on the power play too. As for the first unit, I don't think they're doing a lot different. I think the puck's just going in the net form because I've been screaming all year that they're creating a ton of chances. They're just not scoring. Well, guess what? Now they're scoring. I don't think process-wise they're doing anything that different. It's just that the puck's going in the net finally. They are. Like, there is just a little bit more movement. They're giving a few Is there, though? Not just move. I just mean, like, sometimes... Sometimes Claude Giroux's over here instead of over here, and he was always over there. Like at least sometimes guys are in different spots. That's I, I think the, I think the unit looks. would be even better right now if Giroux was in his normal spot. I'll, Maybe, I'll, I'll hold that to the day I die. They're seven for their last ten, and they were at eight percent at one point this season. So, I, like I think you had to change things up. Yeah, Probably. that's historically good, but sometimes you just need to do things differently just to break the monotony. The power play is supposed to be good. It's better. I don't know if seventy <laughs> percent. I don't know if seventy percent is sustainable. Probably not. But I'll tell you what's insane: the penalty kill in the last thirty-two games, eighty-three point five percent, which would be you know for a full season total, eighty-three point five would be seventh in the league. 
Uh, at 76.8 for the full season, they're up to 26th. Again, when you're talking about historically bad sub-70, to be closing in on 80, pretty damn good here, right? Like, this is the big change. This is the reason they were losing games, no matter what was wrong with the team. If you just had average penalty killing, you probably would have won a ton more games. Now they're getting it. They're getting well above average. Now they're winning a ton of games. I mean, if they had average goaltending and an average penalty kill, like, this is a different At team. Least the playoff and, and, team. And those two things kind of go, go on top of each yeah. other. Well, like, yeah. Part of the reason why the penalty kill was bad because the, was because the goaltending was bad, and part of the reason why the goaltending was bad because the penalty kill was bad. Like, the, the two kind of fed into each other. Like, there's three things I think have gotten better. Number one, the, the goaltending's gotten better. Carter Hart's been, been the best goalie they've had this year, so obviously it's going to make the penalty kill better. Number two, they started putting more pressure, which is great, and that improved it. And number three, honestly, like, they have just gotten slightly better luck. You know, penalty kill, penalty kill is inherently a small sample size, and sometimes yeah. the bounces go your way, and sometimes they don't. Like, not the to say they were just getting start. unlucky, but it was like a combination of three shitty things, and now they've changed all three of those shitty things into pretty good things. No, that's the thing is nobody's at sixty eight percent. Yeah, so it had to improve from there. Yeah, yeah. like uh, there's no other way. For even it to if go. it only went up to sixty nine, that would have been pretty yeah, nice. Pretty nice. Um, like uh, it, there, there is an element. While I do agree, like they are doing some things better, and of course, Carter Hart is a good goalie and not a bad goalie, so that really helps. Um, it, it did just have to improve because this is how numbers work. Yes, old I agree. ham and cheese himself. Oh my god! How great this I, little shit, Charlie. This is the thing. You, you, I think you even tweeted me about it when uh, Nolan Patrick. They asked him like, "How are you?" It was like a, a long question, and he it yeah. looked like he just kind of hold stopped on. Listening. I might, I might have it up. It looked like he just kind of stopped listening, and they were like, "What are you doing differently?" And expected like a hockey answer. He's like, "Well, normally I have one ham and cheese sandwich, and I had two this game, so I'm feeling pretty good." Like this, I, I now love him. This was, fucking guy. I was, I you know, I wasn't, I, I was down on him just in terms of, hey, do stuff, kid. But he's got eight points in, during this eight-game winning streak, and now he's showing some of that personality I've been told he has when all I've ever heard him do is, oh, yeah, we got Well, I told that. you, like, he's sarcastic and he, yeah. like, fucks with reporters. So the question actually was, seems like you were flying around in this game. I talked to Scott and he said, it feels like now you want the puck now more than ever. Do you feel like a product of your play has been a product of wanting the puck more? Do you feel like wanting the puck more is a product of what you've been able to do recently? It was It was just, it, it, wasn't, was a poorly it, it wasn't the greatest question. It was no. a chicken or egg and, and, question. And I, I think Karen yeah, Hatcher would fine. admit that. That, that, it, that the question could have been worded it could It could have been worded better. So his response was, you're confusing me with that one. No, I usually just have one ham and cheese sandwich before the game. Today I had two, so I felt really good. I, I propose we only call them ham and cheese from now on. Well, I, I have mean, like no, a I, lot of questions about this ham and cheese sandwich. So one, what kind of bread are you using? Oh, Wonder Bread for sure. Oh, yes. He's 100%. I mean, he's shitty he's, white bread. He's an athlete. He might be using some whole wheat bread. No, no dice. Are you putting mustard on it? What type boy. what type of condiments are, are going on this sandwich? He's Do you Canadian buy them? Do you make them yourself? I think toasting His it would make it too them. spicy for him. I have <laughs> I have a lot of questions about the ham and cheese sandwich. So Nolan Patrick, let's talk. You know there's mayo on this ham and cheese. He's Canadian. There's, there's absolutely on it. mayo. Absolutely. I mean, I love mayo, but I don't like ham and the f- What if it's pork roll? Is it's it not. Canadian bacon? It's ham. It's, he said it's ham and literally cheese. not bacon. It's he probably said, like, <laughs> like I don't know how you got bacon out of that. No, it's not even like in his ham. Okay, it's not man. even like the fresh sliced at the deli. It's like the in the packet. Oh yeah, 
already wrapped up. I don't know. He seems he seems like he might be a guy that goes to the deli I, counter. I like he doesn't like pizza. He doesn't so. like pizza. He's got some oh. really bad food opinions. Ooh. Exactly. We're gonna have him deport. He was the one guy who was like when when, when Hexaw got fired and they were able to eat pizza again. He's like, damn it! That's the one thing I liked oh, about this. Now we have to do pizza again. <laughs> well, I mean, he's probably just eating the wings. It's fine. Yeah, fair. But I, I wanna I wanna interview Nolan Patrick just talking about his food. Ham cheese sandwiches. I mean, ham and cheese sandwiches, pizza. Like, I why did you make some calls? Please make that happen. Yeah, no, right, cool. I we do don't that. want to talk to you about hockey. No, we only want to talk to you about cheese. About food. That's about it. Food. I just uh, like it, this is going to be a really low impact interview. Nolan Patrick, I want to talk to you about this ham and this cheese sandwich. It's going to be like a tiger beat interview. Like um, really, just let me come over to your apartment and watch you make this ham and cheese sandwich and ask you questions while you're doing it, Charlie. Well, uh, the question that Taryn was it, it was Taryn. Yeah, was. that question. Mm-hmm. I think it was just one of those chicken and the egg questions. Like, do you think your mentality has fueled your better play, or you? Playing better, so you have the one the puck well, you, mentality. You, you know what? And that's it, a fine yeah. question. You know what it is. Sometimes, and this has happened to me more times than I, I'd like to admit. Like sometimes you get, you start talking, and you start asking a question, and then like you get another idea, and you just keep talking, and it just comes out word salad. Charlie, and like <laughs> that, and that's that's what happens. No, and like yeah. it happens to all of us. I don't know. Do you have any idea how often I start a thought on this show? Yes, and yes. then have no idea where <laughs> yes. it's going because yes. it's twice a show. It's happened today twice. twice? Listen, I transcribed the Dan Carcillo interview. I know exactly how many times each uh, one of us starts. I lost train of thought of every question. I'm, I'm I just asked saying, that. I transcribed uh, it. This, this sticking with Don't Patrick for a second. The idea that yes, he's scoring and that's good, but he's starting to do those little things right. And you had a great example that Scott Gordon gave you, I believe, yes, as your number five in what was a nine observations or nine things from that. Yeah, game. I got the 3,700 words, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not You're doing it. I'm not no, throwing it in another fine. bullshit. No. And it was it was you just, just showing him a play where showing a play where he helped with the breakout in that Wayne Simmons had the puck up along the boards trying to break the puck out and rather than you know, float into the neutral zone and wait for it to be chipped out. He stayed in the zone, got the pass back from Simmons, and broke out himself. And when we talk about little things like the cliches of, well, what are, we, what are you doing differently? And players just, oh, well, we're breaking out as a five-man unit. And you just go, okay, well, that's what they always say. That's, that's, that's what's improved. But when you actually see the coach point to that, not one of his highlight goals or anything, when you see the coach point to that's what he's doing differently and that's why he's playing better, you get a little bit of an understanding of those little things that coaches talk about and when the whole team is doing those little things as they are yes again Carter Hart number one reason things are better right now but I think the breakouts the most important thing in hockey and if they're doing that a little bit better it's probably why they've won eight in a row yeah, to me, that, that quote was interesting on a couple levels. Number one, because it, it talks about, as you said, the little things. But it was just as important for me as to what it said about Nolan Patrick in terms of him his ability to be coached. Because that that was the underlying theme of the answer. It wasn't just that, like, hey, this was a good breakup by Nolan Patrick. It was, hey... We had an issue in game. I went to Nolan Patrick, probably went to all the centers, but went to Nolan Patrick and was like, hey, you need to do better at this. Why don't we make this adjustment? And then, boom, first shift, he went out and did it. Like, that to me was what Gordon was trying to get across is like, yo, this kid is coachable, and that's a really good sign. We don't have a ton of him. We don't have a ton of time left. So real fast, uh, Misha Vorobiev, what do we think of him? What no. the hell is going on there? He I played better last night. He played better. I'm uh, done. Still not good, but better Monday. last night. Monday, whenever it was. Yeah, today. I'm all set. There's somebody else down there they could bring up. Um, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm so disappointed. I'm, yeah. I'm like, 
I was really, really high on Vorobiev, and I gotta say, it's he. This just ain't it, but I think he just needs more time. Uh, like I just when I say soft, like people get, oh, he's not tough. He's the, like I'm trying to describe like. When I see him make a pass, he's trying to feather it so finely when it's just like, bro, the, uh, get the puck there. Get it there. Yeah, it's nice to like get it through and make the nice little sauce pass and everything, but just get it through. There's a defender trying to stop you. Just, just like hit it hard. You're not going to bruise the puck. I, I just see little things where he's trying to be too fine. He's trying to be a little bit too finesse. It's like, hey, you're a bottom six player. Uh, no, I don't think all bottom six players are created equally. You don't have to dump and chase every time, but you know, don't just turn it over when you're trying to get it over the blue line. Get it there. I just think he he. Uh, there, it's it, it's kind too, of a, yeah. It's it, kind of a cliche yeah. in hockey terms, especially when you're talking about young players. The idea of pace, but he does need to play with more pace. Like just getting up ice, and you know when he's trailing the play, he can't glide. He's got. A, and now I'm not even talking about like back checking because he actually his back checking is fine. It's more like when the when the Flyers are moving up ice, and if he engineers a breakout and passes it up to a winger, and the winger goes storming in, like he just kind of glides up the ice and he gets to the offensive zone eventually. But like he needs to just be. A, Play with a little bit more push and just get there a little bit quicker. And when when they're when they're in defensive zone coverage, get to the guy with the puck a little bit quicker rather than just kind of staying in contain. Like it's just those things need to everything needs to happen a little bit faster from him. And because of that, like Patrick ran into this issue in November and December and into January, where he was just kind of floating out there. He wasn't really doing anything. He was just kind of there. And Vorobiev, it's a little bit more obvious because Vorobiev isn't as naturally skilled as Patrick, so when he's not playing with pace, he's literally doing nothing. But I think he can. I mean, Vorobiev's... I'm still very high on Vorobiev. I think Vorobiev's going to be a good NHL player, but he's clearly not quite there yet. No, he clearly needs a kick in the ass. I want to see him... Like, when this season was being thrown away, I was like, I don't care if he comes up fails. I just want to see him get the time. But now it's like, hey buddy, we're on an eight game winning streak. You want to be a part of it or not? Um, I just I, don't, I just don't know who you would call up. No, like yeah, that's I, that's the thing. I mean, the only real I'd rather option, him than Yuri. No yeah, matter the what. only real option you have, I guess, as a call up is because Nak's hurt, so you can't call yeah. him up. Is you move Veroni to four C and you call up Bailey because he's he's actually hit the hit the ground running in, in Lehigh and you call him up and have him play oh, have him play Chucky wing on the fourth line not Josh Bailey <laughs> not Josh not Bailey, Josh Bailey. Uh, we can get to Gudis's future anytime because i think that'll be Jermaine you know on any show for the rest of the Look season at you. um Jermaine. but i think charlie'll be proud of me on this one cuz i actually have an in defense of Jake Voracek topic right here oh, uh, oh weird we're running out of time <laughs> <laughs> i'm sticking up for a guy i criticize all the time i don't think it matters. That's all the time we have. <laughs> Jake Voracek, 13 points at his last 11 games. He had 32 and 42 previously. Have you noticed anything differently about him lately? Because I have, and I have uh, an example of why plus minus is a flawed stat. If anyone saw an argument I got into somebody on Twitter with about plus minus and Jake Voracek lately, you'll know what I'm talking about. But what have you seen differently out of Voracek in the last few games, the last month or so? How do you you uh that, break, that breakaway goal was hot as fuck. That was nice, mm-hmm. huh? When he doesn't have the puck, he's skating hard now. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Weird. Right? Hustle. It's weird. He's definitely I've seen a lot more one just yeah, he's back checking, he's mm-hmm. doing the little things like we talk about, it's a cliche, but you got to do them. And I don't he just seems to be making more second effort plays. Yeah. He it, like there's more he's winning more battles it feels like. There was a lot of coasting out of him early in the season. A lot of coasting and like sticking your stick out to try to do something that's not really going to be effective. And now he's 
doing more hockey things. It's interesting to me that this, it kind of, like part of it is because Shongaturi is just a really good player. Yeah. But it did kind of coincide with when he was put on Shongaturi's line. And I almost wonder if, like, Couturier's effort rubs off on a guy like Voracek. Like, Voracek feels like he has to match Couturier's kind of, you know, constant commitment to defense when he's on his line with him. It didn't happen at the beginning of the year, but that was partially because Couturier was also playing crappy because Couturier wasn't healthy. Yeah, Couturier was on one leg. But it seems like since he's been put with Couturier, like, there's some guys who I think when they get put with a really good defensive center, they kind of figure, well, now I can cheat because I'm with this really good defensive center. Now I really don't have to care about defense. It seems like Voracek's on the opposite. He's cared more about defense now that he's with Couturier versus when he was away from him. I have a great example of why plus minus is a flawed stat, as we say all the time. You know, we say it and we don't really go into it because it's just kind of accepted at this point. It's bad. Uh, Jake is a minus 12, and that's pretty bad, right? You think minus 12? All right, that's not good. Not good. In all strengths, according to Natural Stat Trick, he's been on the ice for 61 goals for and 57 against. Do some quick math here, and yup, he's actually plus four in all situations. Sure, he plays on the power play, doesn't play on the penalty kill, but... That's who. That's when he's on the ice. When he's on the ice, they score more. It's not just. It, it's not just these. Oh, cherry picked stats. You don't get a plus for uh, power play. You do get it for this. Like it's not an empty net goals. This is just everything. He's plus four when he's on the ice, even though his stat says he's minus twelve. That's just something I wanted to point out. And there's some January one numbers here that you have, Charlie. Yeah, by advanced metrics, he's been great since the start of January. The uh, Flyers are. Uh, 12 points better by Corsi, 12 percentage points better by Corsi when he's on the ice versus when he's off, and they are 15 percentage points better by expected goals when he's on the ice versus when he's off, so he is back to being a play driver. Granted, that's, again, partially because Sean Couturier is the man. I mean, it doesn't hurt. But Jake Voracek's playing well, too. But what do we say about so many of the wingers on this team? Now, Jake's an $8 million guy. We expect him a little bit more, maybe, to be able to carry his own line every now and then, but... What did we say about all these wingers? Every winger needs a center. You're not aligned without a good center. He has one, and suddenly they're good. He looks good. I'm not the biggest Jake fan, but I have to recognize when he's playing well, he very much is. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if there's a little bit of, hey, the rest of the line is trying hard, so I need to try hard too happening. I I, I don't know. Maybe he plays up or down to his line mates. I, I just, I don't know, but I like it. Maybe he's just coming out of the funk that the whole team has been in for the most of this. That's, that's the, possible. As much as I want to criticize like one guy for one, like it is the whole team did suck together. But like <laughs> Voracek is one of the guys who's supposed to not suck, and so, like, <laughs> it's you know it's again a chicken and the egg thing. But that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Facebook's back on. Thank you for hanging out with us on Facebook. Oh yeah, we had two different Facebook sessions. It- was a thing. Oh, okay. It's well, fine. thanks for doing that. Anyway, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast feed. Steph has something she wants to sell, so I'll, do that. Yeah, I do. Our, <laughs> our Carter Hart shirts and, and now hoodies through Ooh. Breaking Tea. We've got our, our Carter, they're calling it the Goal Heart logo, and it's it's just, it's beautiful, and now it comes in hoodie fashion, so go to Broad Street Hockey, check it's it out. It's one of those athletic fit tees that I'm going to have to order a 2X and feel bad about myself. It's or a is hoodie. It a nor- is a normal tee. I don't no, they said uh, like I, I, apparently it's like unisex, so men okay, size cool. up, women size down. Nice. I'm gonna need a two X, probably. Right. But it's coming in hoodie form now. God damn so it, like, Taylor, don't nod at me. It's fine. <laughs> 
skinny ass <laughs> hipsters over all around. Um, but it's <laughs> fucking Taylor's awesome. Not. So go to breakingtea.com backslash Philly and you should be able to find it or just go to broadstreethockey.com and there's lots of stuff there about it. All right, that's it. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk?